Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Today is Friday, January 20th, 2023. Secret Service turn on Joe Biden will release visitor log information for his Wilmington house where he illegally kept classified information. Joe freaks out on reporter when asked about classified docs. Blames Team Obama. Oh, this is getting juicy, ladies and gentlemen. And the World Economic Forum globalists gather in Davos, and it is so cringe. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Let us begin by giving a little bit of attention to something that never gets any attention in the corporate media. Not that we are the corporate media. We are very proudly independent, especially based on recent drama and news and everything going on. We are happy to be independent. We are happy to be run and operated by you, the individual viewer. We are excited to be working for you. You're the ones who decide where this show goes. We listen to you. We want you to show where your energy and emphasis is. We want to be able to deliver to you the news that you want, and we will take you places that we might get access to so that we can go together, right? Like Donald Trump's jet. We were able to bring everyone on the jet. Donald Trump can't take the many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who watch and download the show every day. So we'll take you with us. And we proudly do that and we'll continue to do that uh, evermore. Ladies and gentlemen, with renewed vigor. So let me take a moment and give a shout out to people that won't get any coverage today. The March for Life. I love the March for Life when I lived in Washington, D.C. Look at all those people. Look at all those incredible people. Marching for life. More important than ever. This is the largest march in Washington, D.C. And it's been ongoing since 1973. Hundreds of thousands of people show up for this march. Millions and millions of American Americans have marched in Washington, D.C to declare something that our founders declared a very long time ago, which was that life is intrinsic in our rights as Americans. Life is a prerequisite to all of the other rights that we have. So say it with me. Abortion is unconstitutional based on our founding documents, period. Now, you may disagree with it. You may, not, you, you may have your own opinions on Roe v. Wade, well, Roe v. Wade is no more. So poof. See you later. Thank you very much, Trump judges, by the way. You got to You got to th thank you, boy. We are thankful for those judges that Donald Trump appointed. We are so happy that Roe v. Wade is gone. And now states can make their own determination on the slavery issue of our day. And we'll just this is not what the show is about. But, you know, since the March for Life is ongoing, we did want to give them uh, something that, of course, the press and the media will never give them, which is any attention. You will never hear a single blip, no word about this. The largest march in Washington, D.C. They will slobber and fawn and deify Antifa members and BLM. But these peaceful, happy, joyous marchers who are marching uh, for the slavery issue of our day, because the arguments uh, for slavery, same arguments that are used for abortion, right? It's not a human being. It has no rights. We can do whatever we want with it. It belongs to us. It doesn't deserve human dignity. 
you just have to swap out unborn child uh, with race of people that you don't happen to like or that you believe should be your indentured servants. It's as evil as ever, ladies and gentlemen. And so they've simply just moved their argument to the abortion argument. And so we are against slavery on this show. They've realized that they no longer have any need for chains. They can enslave us in other ways, and abortion is one of them. So we fight against it, proudly pro-life on this program. Very pro-life, a dad of two kids. Well, uh, we're working on more, ladies and gentlemen. I want to be dad. I'll take as many kids as I can get. Uh, I love having kids, and we are proud parents, proud pro-lifers on this show. And it's it's very it, the clarity is very simple. We just point right back to the founding documents. All right, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness are listed as your core rights in this country. So, boom, shakalaka, abortion is unconstitutional. Period. And the people who support it, well, they're demonic. Now, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of demonic forces in our nation, whew, we have a lot of them going on this week. And what is happening with Joe Biden is a coup d'etat, and it has happened many times before. Joe Biden has worn out his usefulness, and so Joe Biden is now going to be replaced. He's just a Muppet. They need to move another Muppet in. He's a Muppet. Joe Biden's a Muppet that has, um, you know, uh, problems going upstairs, problems riding bikes, very worn out, dandruffy, uh, incontinent, old Muppet, and very creepy, sniffy, grabby old Muppet. So they're going to kick him to the curb. They don't think he's uh, useful anymore. And now the people who are actually in power, call him the deep state, call him permanent Washington, D.C. Those people are now going to be you uh, upgrading their model, right, to either a Michelle Obama or a Gavin Newsom. And this was on full display yesterday as Joe Biden was panicking in California, saying he has no regrets. No regrets when a reporter had the temerity to ask him about this, the largest scandal in the country right now, Joe Biden's uh, complicit, complete and habitual mishandling, uh, mishandling of classified documents. Uh, watch Joe Biden's bumbling, like truly terrified response here. You know, the only I, I will answer the question, but here's the deal, you know, what? quite frankly, bugs me is that we have a serious problem here we're talking about. We're talking about what's going on, and the American people don't quite understand why you don't ask me questions about that. But having said that, what's your question? Hang on. Okay, look. As we found... Uh, we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. All right. <laughs> the worst poker player in human history is Joe Biden. He always takes his notes. His tell is so easy. One, he reads, right? Just like Corinne Jean-Pierre, you become uh, an expert at the top of his head. Then he takes his binder and he clonks it when he thinks he's really made a, a definitive point. And what that actually is, is Joe Biden being pissed off. All right. Joe Biden knows what's about to happen to him. This is clearly and quite Evidently, a deep state permanent Washington operation to kick Joe Biden out of office. Isn't it interesting that the champions of both individual parties, 
are being used, and I'm calling Joe Biden a champion of the Democrat Party. I mean, whatever, man. Like, they're using the same tactic against Trump as they're using against Biden. We posited earlier in the week, what if the people who are in charge actually hate Joe Biden as much as they hate Donald Trump? Consider for a moment that Joe Biden is as much the enemy to permanent Washington as Donald Trump is in so much as they've lost their usefulness for them. They don't like them and they're going to simply replace them with the newer model. And that's what these people have been doing for a very, very long time. Now, who is the savior of these people? Who does the deep state love the very most? Well, we would argue that the Obamas. The Obamas is like the the perfect new model for them, the vector of power, the permanent engorger of government, the man who really broke down civil liberties and really expanded the scope of the federal government to its largest degree ever and was so excited to use drones to go and nuke from space any small child, even if they happen to be an American, just wandering around in Yemen playing with rocks. Obama loved doing that stuff. And the deep state loves those kind of demonic uses of power. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. How was 2022 on your finances? Probably not great. And it's not your fault. Our government is spending way too much money and giving that money to the dumbest people. They passed a $1.7 trillion omnibus package on Christmas Eve just to spite you, to insult you, and to tell you that they don't care about you. So maybe this is the year that you should start caring about your savings and securing your financial goals. When you've finally had enough of the games that the government is playing with your savings and retirements, you should diversify into gold, birch gold. I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by our leaders in Washington for over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can get in now. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account today. Birch Gold makes it so easy to convert your IRA or 401k into precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word Benny to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold can help you. Text Benny to 9 Nine eight nine eight nine eight today and go gold in the new year 2023. And so that's why we found it very curious that the Biden administration is now starting to blame Obama. <laughs> you're gonna love this. And you're only gonna hear it here because we listen to this stuff day and night and we actually catch these things. The Biden administration is beginning to turn on Barack Obama. Yesterday's cover image for the show showed Barack Obama wheeling Joe Biden over a cliff. So they're starting to blame Obama for their scandal with classified documents. It is delicious. And of course they should, because Barack Obama did pack these boxes. Why did they just discover them now? Well, because right now they've become imminently convenient. Watch. It's Friday morning. Peter, good morning. Good morning. And President Biden is placing blame for all of this on whoever was in charge of his VP paperwork after leaving the Naval Observatory, after leaving office. The Wilmington House was the nerve center for Biden post-vice presidency. There is this email now about a meeting on Hunter Biden's laptop. It says, OK, let's do 10 a.m. on Tuesday at the Lake House. I hope this gives everyone plenty of time to drive up to Delaware. Please let me know if this is too early. VP asked me to check with you all. Thank you. We know the 
president had an office at Udell, which they referenced uh, in that email. And we know that is where his Senate records remain sealed, adding to bipartisan intrigue. Whenever classified documents are found somewhere they shouldn't be, uh, it's an issue. Um, and we need to find out uh, how the documents ended up there. And uh, is there any risk uh, that they were exposed to people that didn't uh, or shouldn't have had access? You ever seen uh, Toy Story? Pretty popular movie. You could use a lot of different metaphors for this, a lot of cultural, pop cultural references. Toy Story, man. You know those little aliens? Oh, the claw, the claw, the claw has spoken. This is the Democrat Party, all right? When you see Adam Schiff, think of one of those little squeaky green aliens. The claw, it is our leader. Like the, these people don't have the capacity for independent thought. They are the Borg. They are the hive mind and they are herd animals. So when Adam Schiff is dispatched to Wolf Blitzer's show to say, uh, Joe Biden, he's a bad man, actually. And we're going to get rid of bad old dusty man. He, we're going to just send him on the, uh, the old bike ride into the sunset collapse. This is all happening. It's all orchestrated. It's created. It's designed. It's centrally planned. These people are Marxists. Everything is central planning. Everything is through the Politburo. And so Adam Schiff is just one of those little squeaky aliens. He just says the same thing. Ooh, that's Adam Schiff. He's told what to say, and he goes out, gets trotted out, turn the lights on, and he says it. Ladies and gentlemen, know this. That Joe Biden <laughs> is going to be potentially from prison cell A block 241 once they get through with him. If you were watching this show two weeks ago, you would have known that that was the case because we told you that they were turning on Biden. And now that idea has permeated into the corporate press. We told you nearly two weeks ago that this was the start of the coup and that they were going to get rid of Biden, and that they've always done this in American history. They've always just gone through and replaced presidents willy-nilly. Either party, didn't matter. JFK, Richard Nixon. Oh, and we're going to get to that in a moment. Believe that. The deep state replaced Richard Nixon. Trust me, and we have the receipts. We're about to show you. So watch, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as Fox News, corporate Fox News hosts, fans of Fox News, but corporate Fox News hosts and personalities are straight up saying, this is a coup d'etat. They're just replacing Biden. This is now permeated into the zeitgeist. Check it out. In Washington, D.C., it seems like the administration, they'll put some talking points out to mainstream media, and that's exactly where it goes. But it's surprising, isn't it, Steve Ainsley, Brian, that this one, this story, as Tucker referred to it last night, as this traffic ticket, is the one that commandeers the attention of the mainstream media. CNN's now covering it and seems to be the driving purpose of um, again, yes, you're right. What he refers to as permanent Washington, something that I share in that belief that there's always something that remains. We can change the ticket. We can change the president. But there is an everlasting intelligence apparatus that remains in Washington, a bureaucratic apparatus that remains. So why do they care about this traffic ticket? And my answer to Tucker last night, my answer to you this morning, my answer to America is Joe Biden has used he has served his purpose. He has been the useful idiot. That purpose was 
to defeat Donald Trump, the biggest threat to that per, uh, permanent Washington establishment mm-hmm. in, oh, I don't know, a half a century. And, and now Joe Biden looks to be unelectable. He's embarrassing, even to the Democratic establishment and to Washington. And if he's unelectable and he can't be their placeholder, he served his usefulness. So they must find somebody else. Se- sell him down the river on the traffic ticket of, of, of classified documents. There must be somebody else to carry the, uh, carry the shield forward into 2024. Yeah. If you want proof of what Will Cain just said there, that the institutional state has now aligned against Joe Biden, look no further than Joe Biden's own Secret Service turning against him. Mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, we will synthesize this information for you and give you these details, but you need no further evidence that the permanent state is staging a coup d'etat against Joe Biden and kicking him out because he has worn out his usefulness. He is now a Muppet to be discarded, just like other leaders. Leaders come and go. The will of the people comes and goes, and permanent Washington stays forever. The Secret Service has now acted against the president with which they serve. Joe Biden said he has no visitors logs for the Wilmington home, and that he would never be able to. Corinne Jean-Pierre said this from the podium two days ago, 24 hours ago. Corinne Jean-Pierre was saying, there's no visitor's logs. We have no idea who's coming and going. Joe Biden spent a third of his presidency inside of this house. We don't know who's there. It could be Fang Fang from Eric Swalwell's office. It could be Mr. Dong from Hunter Biden's office. We don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't keep those records. Secret Service just said, um, uh, yeah, we do. And also, more importantly, we're happy to give them to you. Oh, it's it's so delicious. The article on screen, ladies and gentlemen, let's read it. Secret Service is reportedly willing to reverse course and disclose visitor records to President Joe Biden's Wilmington resident where classified documents were unearthed by the president's personal attorneys. Uh, Correction, multiple tranches of classified documents held in a garage. While the Secret Service claims not to keep visitors' logs for everyone who entered Biden's home, the Secret Service does keep records of those who come into contact with the locations and the presidency and the agency it protects. It's those logs the Secret Service are willing to turn over to Congress, according to Fox News. Secret Service does not maintain visitor logs at private residences, but we keep a very secure log of people who are interacting with the president. While the Secret Service does generate law enforcement and criminal justice information records to various individuals. Now, if you want to go see the president of the United States, as I have done personally, and maybe you have, have you been invited to the White House? Donald Trump opened up the White House to the American people. It was, uh, there were a lot of great events during Donald Trump's presidency. There was like shadow boxing. There's so many awesome events. Uh, The one that I remember the very most was Donald Trump's social media censorship event where he went and printed off memes, like giant memes, and he posted them around the White House. Some of Trump's favorite tweets, he printed them off on big cardboard uh, cutouts and then he posted them up on the White House. It It was amazing. Camelot. My version of Camelot is that. Memes hung around the White House. But let me tell you, I went to the White House dozens of times. I lived in Washington, D.C. for 15 years. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, When you go to the White House, you have to uh, fill out a complete federal law enforcement background check. They look into your social security number. They, They need your passport number. They need your current address. And if any of those things don't match on the criminal background check, or if you happen to be on any list, I know a buddy who got a DUI and wasn't allowed to go into the White House for his DUI. 
Would you be allowed in the White House? No need to no need to give any criminal records in the comment section, but let me know. I mean, we, we you know, you get in, but you get vetted harshly. Where's your where's your social security number? We're going to run every possible criminal background check on you. And so the Secret Service has those records. Anybody who goes and meets with the president of the United States in his Wilmington house or not, they have those records. And so they're going to turn them over. In case you're in case you're wondering, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if they're excited, actually, to give them to Congress. Watch this clip. Comer also wants Secret Service logs detailing who may have had access to the president's home in Wilmington. And new tonight, the Secret Service says they are willing to turn over that limited information that they have when they're asked by Congress. But remember, the president did not have Secret Service protection from mid-2017 until 2021 in March when he was made the Democratic nominee for president. So there is a gap in time there. So you may be saying, wow, this is curious. Why would they be doing this to a, you know, Democrat president? Aren't they, you know, aren't they excited to have Joe Biden around? <laughs> well, a little history lesson would probably be advantageous at this time. And so let us go down memory lane, ladies and gentlemen, into the 60s and 70s when this permanent Washington that Ike Eisenhower warned us about. Ike Eisenhower was saying, wait a second, there's something really wrong going on in Washington, D.C. We should be worried about the military industrial complex. That's what Ike Eisenhower called it. We call it the deep state or the permanent state. This is the unelected bureaucracy that exists forever and permanently in Washington to defraud the American people and act as the government on top of our government. So we have a little government that we think is very cute and that we elect wrong. There is a government that supersedes it and that lives permanently around it and then utilizes its leverage over our democratically elected government uh, for it to do its bidding, right? That is the purpose of the deep state. And they've been operational ever since World War II. And the World War II was an opportunity for them to essentially use taxpayer slush funds to build this permanent state. And the people who run it believe that they are actually the ones who run America. They fancy themselves as gods. Donald Trump's major crime was not necessarily being elected. It was his operations against this permanent state. The firing of James Comey. The firing of people inside of our FBI, according to Lisa Page. But Donald Trump is not remotely the first president who has tried to take on this super state. JFK took it on, famously defunded the CIA, famously began to ask questions about the FBI and its illegal operations against people like MLK. Operation Contel Pro, we've covered this week. MLK Day was Monday, and we talked about how the FBI sent MLK suicide letters, pushing MLK to, to kill himself. This is documented. I mean, you can find this stuff on Wikipedia. This is not some conspiracy theory. I mean, these, these are like documented things. The FBI utilizing all of its vast resources to utterly shred the human rights and civil rights of American citizens, spying on American citizens, turning the awesome power of the espionage state inward on law-abiding Americans. Uh, I mean, it's evil. And so when people like JFK said there's something truly evil and sinister going on inside of this massive black box called federal law enforcement, he was right. Now, somebody else who asked that question Somebody else who, you know, asked the question about what did you people do to JFK, 
who actually killed JFK was Richard Nixon. And Richard Nixon himself felt the pressure of this permanent Washington system. You live in Washington, D.C. long enough, you begin to feel the weight of the system on you. Now, Tucker Carlson covered in his show last night exactly what these people did to Richard Nixon. I have known about this operation for a very long time, and I've never seen it so beautifully laid out, ladies and gentlemen, how they can take the most popular president in American history. Remember that? Remember how they called Joe Biden that? Of course, the utterly fictitious and a lie, but they said Joe Biden is the most popular president in American history. Well, the real most popular president in American history, by the numbers, a man who was elected by a margin of 17 million votes in the popular vote was Richard Nixon, of all people. Richard Nixon began to question the super state, the permanent state in Washington, D.C., and boy, that's the number one sin you're not allowed to do. Tucker Carlson, off the top, how did they remove the most popular president in American history? Go. So if you want to understand, if you really want to understand how the American government actually works at the highest levels, and if you want to know why they don't teach history anymore, one thing you should know is that the most popular president in American history was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Yet somehow, without a single vote being cast by a single American voter, Richard Nixon was kicked out of office and replaced by the only unelected president in American history. So we went from the most popular president to a president nobody voted for. Wait a minute, you may ask. Why didn't I know that? Wasn't Richard Nixon a criminal? Wasn't he despised by all decent people? <laughs> no, he wasn't. In fact, if any president could claim to be the people's choice, it was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was reelected in 1972 by the largest margin of the popular vote ever recorded before or since. Nixon got 17 million more votes than his opponent. Less than two years later, he was gone. He was forced to resign. And in his place, an obedient servant of the federal agencies called Gerald Ford took over the White House. How did that happen? Well, Tucker Carlson goes into exactly how that happened, and you started to ask questions that you're not allowed to ask. For instance, who killed JFK? Who killed JFK? Did the CIA kill JFK? Now, that is a question that Tucker Carlson has tried to ask Mike Pompeo, who was director of the CIA under Donald Trump. Of course, every CIA director would know this and would know the answer to this. Tucker Carlson famously, last month, the month of December, revealed in a bombshell manner that a CIA operative tells him that the CIA did have a hand in the killing of JFK and that the entire country and the country that you think you know is a lie. Now, what happened after that is pretty stunning, actually. Uh, what happened after that is JFK's direct relative, RFK Jr., his nephew, straight up said, yes, the CIA killed my uncle. Huh? And then that doesn't become the largest news story in the world? Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, we go farther down the rabbit hole. Why doesn't it become the largest news story in the world? You ever heard of Operation Mockingbird? Ooh, we're going to jump. Why not? It's Friday, baby. Let's go. The gloves are off. The brass knuckles are here. And we're independent, so we can talk about whatever the hell we want. We are always going to talk about bringing you the receipts, showing you the evidence, showing you the data, putting up the information on screen, and then you can decide for yourself, okay? So what's up? Let's go. Tucker Carlson detailing last night that it was the JFK assassination that actually got Richard Nixon removed from office. Well, how would that be? Please watch and learn. Richard Nixon believed that elements in the federal bureaucracy were working to undermine the American system of government and had been doing that for a long time. He often said that. He was absolutely right. 
On June 23, 1972, Nixon met with the then CIA director, Richard Helms, at the White House. During the conversation, which thankfully was tape recorded, Nixon suggested he knew, quote, who shot John, meaning President John F. Kennedy. Nixon further implied that the CIA was directly involved in Kennedy's assassination, which we now know it was. Helms's telling response, total silence. But for Nixon, it didn't matter because it was already over. Four days before, on June 19th, the Washington Post had published the first of many stories about a break-in at the Watergate office building. Unbeknownst to Nixon and unreported by the Washington Post, four of the five burglars worked for the CIA. Did you know that? I can tell you this, I'm 36, I've never heard that. Meaning I had never like had that reported for me. Now, Tucker Carlson has talked about this quite a bit. And as a former employee of Tucker Carlson, as somebody who d deeply, deeply respects Tucker, and as somebody who follows, uh, quite frankly, every every show, because we, we are always watching various things. We're watching the Corinne Jean-Pierre press conferences. We're watching Tucker Carlson every single night. We're watching the things that we think are culturally important so that we can, we can bring them to you in the morning, right? That's what our team is built here to do. And we thank you for supporting this team simply by watching this program. You support us, so thank you. But ladies and gentlemen, we dug a little bit. We said, wait a second, last night, I'm, like, I'm texting our team here. I'm like, what do you mean Richard Nixon was asking about JFK's, he, re he recorded that? Is that available? I asked our executive producer, the great ALX on this show. I said, is that information available? Can I listen to Nick Richard Nixon ask who shot John Kennedy? Oh, yes, I can. And so can you. And we'll be excited. And we're thrilled, actually, to be able to play you the original recording of Richard Nixon inside of the Oval Office asking his CIA director who shot John Kennedy. Tell me if you hear anything curious in this tape that we are playing on this show for the first time. Listen. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Who shot John? I need to know the truth. And his CIA director is standing there silent. Yikes. These are the questions you're not allowed to ask, of course, especially since John F. Kennedy is a man who ran for president against Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon had a deep appreciation and care for John F. Kennedy. They were friends. They called each other regularly. Richard Nixon was, of course, vice president under Ike Eisenhower. He ran against John Kennedy. The Closest election in American history was Kennedy versus Nixon. They remained friends, and there's clearly a reason that Richard Nixon would want to know who pulled the trigger. 
and many people today still want to know who pulled the trigger. And well, let's just say in a murder case, if you're withholding evidence from a jury, the jury being the American people, the people withholding the evidence clearly have something to hide. And so the federal government still has thousands of documents on the Kennedy assassination that they refuse to release, pieces of information, evidence. They're holding it back. Why? Everybody involved, even if it was a plot, everybody involved is long dead now, but the institutions are not. And so those institutions have to be protected. Now, this is the bombshell that we found out last night that was so interesting in Tucker Carlson's monologue and one of the greatest monologues we've ever heard from Tucker, all given with the context of they're doing this to Joe Biden right now, right? So we don't have time to play the full 10 minute thing, but we do have these short clips and it's worth playing the final one because this is the key. Our entire show yesterday was about how CNN turned on Biden. How is that possible? Whoa, the Secret Service is turning on Biden. The corporate media is turning on Biden. We just played you Adam Schiff turning on Biden. What the hell's going on? All the corporate media, these people got him elected. They're going to go after the boy? Do they not have any loyalty? Who are they actually loyal to? Who's running these people? Suddenly they're running. CNN ran a segment on Joe Biden that I, I'm not sure could even pass the lawyers at Fox News because of its brutality to the Biden crime family. So, I mean, what, like, good on them. I suppose like give them the credit where credit is due. But it is truly the operation and the access point of our permanent Washington, D.C., utilizing the corporate media in order to do its bidding that has been around forever. And this whole nostalgic lie, this fantasy of Woodward and Bernstein, you've heard of these guys, the people who cracked the code on Richard Nixon, they discovered the scandal. It's all fraudulent. I had never heard these people are frauds. They're not real. They're ghosts in the machine. Woodward and Bernstein, these people were hacks. These people were tools. They were an op. Whoa. The receipts are stunning. Watch for yourself. The first of many dishonest Watergate stories was written by a 29-year-old Metro reporter called Bob Woodward. Who exactly was Bob Woodward? Well, he wasn't a journalist. Bob Woodward had no background whatsoever in the news business. Instead, Bob Woodward came directly from the classified areas of the federal government. Shortly before Watergate, Woodward was a naval officer at the Pentagon. He had a top secret clearance. He worked regularly with the intel agencies. At times, Woodward was even detailed to the Nixon White House, where he interacted with Richard Nixon's top aides. Soon after leaving the Navy, for reasons that have never been clear, Woodward was hired by the most powerful news outlet in Washington and assigned the biggest story in the country. And just to make it crystal clear what was actually happening, Woodward's main source for his Watergate series was the deputy director of the FBI, Mark Felt. And Mark Felt ran, and we're not making this up, the FBI's COINTELPRO program, which was designed to secretly discredit political actors the federal agencies wanted to destroy, people like Richard Nixon. And at the same time, those same agencies were also working to take down Nixon's elected vice president, Spiro Agnew. In the fall of 1973, Agnew was indicted for tax evasion and forced to resign. His replacement was a colorless congressman from Grand Rapids called Gerald Ford. What was Ford's qualification for the job? Well, he had served on the Warren Commission, which absolved the CIA of responsibility for President Kennedy's murder. 
Nixon was strong-armed into accepting Gerald Ford by Democrats in Congress. Quote, we gave Nixon no choice but Ford, Speaker of the House Carl Albert later boasted. Eight months later, Gerald Ford of the Warren Commission was the president of the United States. See how that works? Tucker Carlson is the bravest man in media. All of these people could have the capacity to report this story. We're talking about hundreds of members of the corporate press. They could report this and put these details together. Do you remember the Project Veritas clip where that anchor from ABC News is like, man, we had Epstein, we had Clinton, we had them in the largest predator ring in history. I had everything. You remember that Project Veritas clip from James O'Keefe and my the people in charge, they killed it. And then they went and killed Epstein. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how it works. Tucker Carlson laying out line by line and piece by piece how everything in this country is a lie and how these institutions that you believe are protecting you are actually not only harming you, but are committing a massive psyop against the will of the people, actually eroding the purpose of this nation, which was to, at the very least, not have an oligarchy of unelected scum, whether that be the king's court, as it were, in old time England, or whether that be intel agencies, unelected scum who are using their power to usurp the will of the people. It used to be called taxation without representation, and that's what we founded this country on. Lo and behold, we, 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 we still have taxation without representation, and that taxation is used for operations like this. Contel Pro. We covered this on Monday. Why not end the week with it? This is from Wikipedia, far right-wing source, by the way. Super right-wing. Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Contel Pro is the syllabic abbreviation delivered for a counterintelligence program. It operated for nearly 20 years. It was a covert and illegal project funded by the FBI, aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, disrupting domestic American political organizations like Richard Nixon like the sitting president of the United States, like JFK. FBI records show Contel Pro resources targeted groups, individuals, and the FBI deemed to be subversive, including feminist organizations, the Communist Party of America, anti-Vietnam war organizers, activists of the civil rights and black power movements, and Martin Luther King Jr. Oh my heavens. Ladies and gentlemen, in 1971, San Diego, the FBI financed, armed, and controlled extreme right-wing group of former members of the Minutemen, an communist paramilitary organization, transforming the group into a so-called secret army organization that targeted groups, activists, and leaders in the anti-war movement. Oh, so the FBI literally financed and controlled a fake right-wing organization to commit a insurrection? It's right here on Wikipedia. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? This article, I mean, you can scroll through it. Ladies and gentlemen, this article goes on for days. You can find inside of this article the suicide letter that the FBI wrote for MLK. Here you go. You want to see it? Again. Hey, uh, excuse me. What's, what's your thorth? PolitiFact will ask me. What's your thorth? Uh, Wikipedia, idiots. What are the methods of the Operation Contel Pro? in order to switch out and change or disrupt any political organizations that the superstate didn't like, like the MAGA movement. 
Well, part of it was infiltration. <clears throat> Seen a little bit of that recently. And then part of it was psychological warfare. The FBI used dirty tricks to undermine movements, planted false media stories, and published bogus leaflets to target groups. They forged correspondence, sent anonymous letters, made anonymous phone calls. They spread misinformation. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Hunter Biden laptop story, anyone? 50 intel experts say it's all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Mm -mm -mm. Don't make the mistake of thinking that politics is of the angels. Ladies and gentlemen, don't make the mistake of thinking that these people who have absolutely no incentives to be good to you, their only incentive is to wield power over you, to destroy and erode your civil liberties. Don't think for a second that they've changed. That Now that we have blazing fast Wi-Fi and cell phones with cameras on them, now that we can get internet in our cars, that somehow we're like uh, more sophisticated and that th these kind of operations have stopped. They haven't stopped. If anything, they've accelerated in the time of Donald Trump, in the time of MAGA, and in our current era of information and the ability to get information to, pe to people like this. Everything that I've shared with you today is easily findable. You can confirm the research yourself. We encourage you to, actually. The FBI has admitted to all of this. Has, they've said so. They've apologized for it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But that doesn't mean it's not, it's not ongoing. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, I think that the FBI and our security state actually did the exact same thing to Donald Trump. Quite frankly, all of these methods were used against MAGA, and all of these methods were used against Donald Trump in order to get him out of office because, of course, he did the thing that you're not allowed to do. Question who killed Kennedy? And his way of doing that is, of course, firing members of the deep state, James Comey, namely, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, and all the rest of that's rat's nest. So this is exactly why we need to come into this stuff with open eyes and say if they're doing this to Joe Biden right now, not only is it not scary, it's not even like it's, it's not even like out of the ordinary. Every couple of years they do this. So there's a lot to look into, ladies and gentlemen, for our House Oversight Committee. Oversight Committee to probe Biden administration's plan to hide classified document scandal. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee told Breitbart News that it plans to probe the Biden administration's reported plan to hide classified documents from the American people. This is a huge deal, ladies and gentlemen. This is a massive, massive scandal. So what was going on here was, and you have to assume that there is the in-group and then there's the out-group. The out-group is the super state. The in-group is inside of the Biden's White House, inside of the Biden White House itself. And the inside of the Biden White House team itself are trying everything they can to, to cover their own asses. What was discovered yesterday was that the White House and the DOJ agreed to hide all of this information from you, the American people. Now, just like with Richard Nixon... And trust me, we're going to put a bow on this. But just like with Richard Nixon, it wasn't necessarily the break-in that got Nixon. It was the cover-up. And they knew how to do this. Leak, 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 drip, 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 death by a thousand cuts. Ancient Chinese torture, modern Chinese torture, run by the same people who admire Chinese China and their methods. These people are doing this to Joe Biden right now. It's the scandal, the cover-up that gets him. Richard Nixon could have just said, hey, I have a CIA operation. What do I know? 
Here's what I know about it. CIA broke into Watergate. They didn't do it on my direction. Ask the CIA director. Here, I'll bring him in here and I'll fire him in front of you all. That would have saved Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon covered up and covered up and covered up because he didn't actually know what was going on. Joe Biden doesn't know what was going on. And now the cover-up is starting to be unveiled. Check this out. White House and Justice Department reportedly agreed to hide President Joe Biden's classified documents from the American people until it leaked to the press. Hmm. Woodward and Bernstein, anyone? Not only did the White House and DOJ try to obscure the scandal from public view, but they also refused to divulge that the second trove of classified documents were already unearthed at Biden's home in Wilmington when CBS News first contacted the White House about the documents at the other location, the Penn Biden Center. Early on, Biden's attorneys and the Justice Department investigation both thought they had shared understanding about keeping the matter quiet. Wow. Nothing the Biden administration did led to any type of attempt to deliver this information to the press. CBS News was the first news organization to break this information. Who tipped them off? Who's the new FBI informant? Since the Justice Department appointed a special prosecutor, the White House has provided little transparency. I'm going to continue to be prudent here. I'm going to let the review happen, the legal process happen. I don't know. We're not. I'm not going to uh, comment here, Corrine Jean-Pierre said. <laughs> Look, guys, you can ask me 100 times, 200 times if you wish. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> they know the fix is in. They know the powers that are against them. And these are the same powers that got rid of JFK in their own way, got rid of Nixon in their own way, got rid of Trump in their own way. And now Joe Biden is a Muppet who no longer has his usefulness. And so now the Republicans, rightfully so, are looking into the cover up, which is worse than the crime, arguably. The cover up is worse than the crime because they are currently attempting to prosecute Donald Trump for the same thing. Do you see how this entire narrative is playing out? Rise with me in the hot air balloon. Rise with me to the 35,000-foot level. Let's stop looking at it so close. Let's go all the way up here. 35,000-foot level, well, what's happening here? They set up Donald Trump with these classified documents. Merrick Garland takes the bait, sends in one of his signature FBI raids, and then they know that Joe Biden's guilty of the same thing, either because they packed the boxes, Barack Obama packed the boxes himself. They just knew it. And now they got him in a cover-up. They know that he did this exact same thing, but worse, because he had no plenary or summary power of declassification. And now they're just doing the exact same thing. They're orchestrating this. And this is happening to Joe Biden. It's going to be more and more embarrassing and more and more humiliating. They're going to find more and more documents. Mark my word. And Joe Biden's going to say, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to run in 24. Clearing the way for Michelle Obama. Gavin Newsom. Whatever. They got a pretty weak bench, AOC. <laughs> what are you, Bernie Sanders? Are they going to run George Soros from the grave? Klaus Schwab, he's 85. Yeah, we'll get to him in a moment. Republicans are saying that they are going to look into now the cover up. L O L. Ladies and gentlemen, time is a flat circle, as they say on True Detective, I think. That's a True Detective line, Matthew McConaughey. Time is a flat circle. There's nothing new under the sun. This is the same operation they use against Nixon. This is it. Jim Jordan is playing the part of the investigator looking into the cover-up by the president of the United States. Take it away, Jim. 
They, they, they find the documents at the Penn Center on November 2nd. They find additional documents in the garage on December 18th. There's a press report on January 9th about the, uh, the Biden Center documents that they found in November. And the White House comes out and confirms those. But they don't tell us about the ones that they found on December 18th, even though they already knew about it. Why not just be clear with the American people? So I don't understand any of this. I don't understand why they were looking in the first place. Did Joe Biden suddenly yeah, remember this? I doubt it. So why, why did why did, were they looking on November 2nd? Why did they wait and tell us after the election, even though they raided President Trump's home 91 days before the, uh, the election? Nothing makes sense here. Are you watching it all line up? Nothing makes sense here. <laughs> You're beginning to see what's about to happen to Joe Biden. Listen to Tom Emmer, who's no bomb thrower. He's in charge of what gets delivered to the floor. He's the Republican whip, right? So John Tom Emmer, he's the majority whip, is saying, hey, impeachment for Biden. Yo, this guy is like, people call him a rhino. Tom Emmer is no like, you know, super huge muscular MAGA guy. Uh, Tom Emmer saying impeachment. If it rises to the level of impeachable malfeasance, it'll come to the floor. Tom Emmer is the guy who controls what comes to the floor. And as we've already covered, the Secret Service is more than happy to comply with the subpoenas and tell you who Joe Biden was meeting with uh, inside of his Wilmington house with these super secure top secret documents that just so happened to be there while theft soared in Wilmington, 21% in 2022, according to Breitbart. President Joe Biden claimed his garage where he stored classified documents was totally secure while theft soared by 21% in 2022, according to the city's police department. By the way, the Corvette's in a locked garage, okay, Joe Biden says, with the lampshade and the documents. We can't play the clip enough. Maybe there's a photo in, in this article. Joe Biden and his midlife crisis Corvette there, paid for by you. Joe Biden hasn't earned a private sector honest dollars in, in his entire life. The calls are coming from inside the house. We'll put it all together for you. I don't know how many more times we've got to make the same point. Anthony Blinken, who's the secretary of state, arguably one of the most important positions in the entire federal government. It's like, uh, you know, the guy I'm supposed to work for that guy, Joe Biden. <laughs> he shouldn't have done this. He's a naughty, naughty boy. That's what Anthony Blinken's saying, sitting there, uh, pledging fealty, bending the knee for his real boss, which is super the super state, permanent Washington. That's Anthony Blinken's real boss. None of these people actually work for Joe Biden. None of these people like Joe Biden. And they'll all turn on him like rats. Blinken says he doesn't know why government records were in the Penn Biden Center. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said he has no idea why government documents were taken to the Penn Biden Center, despite serving there as a managing director for two years. Oh, 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 oh. The pen, the, as the press con, uh, during the press conference, Blinken was asked if he was aware of any reason classified documents would be at the Penn Biden Center. Blinken said the short answer is no. He added, just as you heard President Biden say a week ago, I was surprised to learn about them inside of the Penn Biden Center. L-O-L. They're losing the American people here. They're losing them. 60% of Americans believe Joe Biden inappropriately handled classified documents. Story is absolutely wild. It's getting out of hand. We showed you yesterday that the preponderance of Americans, the vast plurality wishes to have a full-on muscular investigation into Joe Biden as handling of classified documents. 60% of Americans believe Joe Biden inappropriately handled classified materials related to Ukraine, United Kingdom, according to a Quinnipiac poll, not a right-wing pollster. Only 22% of Americans say Biden acted appropriately. They're losing here. This is 1,300 Americans. This was from January 15th, uh, 12th through the 15th. 2.6% marg uh, margin of error. Yo. Yikes. They're losing. 
they're losing. And when you lose touch with reality, when you lose the basis, your connection with the actual people you serve, uh, you begin to look like an idiot. You look like a moron. The you know Joe Biden is there pounding his desk with his folder saying, I'm innocent. Yeah, well, Richard Nixon said, I'm not a crook. They got him and they're going to get Biden the same way. Mark my words. They're going to get him the same way. There's a real problem right now with elitist consensus, right? There's a major problem uh, with these people. They have a massive lack of trust. And if there's one thing that permanent Washington knows, it's how to leverage the instincts of individuals, the American people and the population against the interests that they wish to control. So you can see this right now ongoing at the World Economic Forum. Now, we have been touching on this issue all week. We wanted to really dive into the Biden document scandal and explain to you what's going on there. But it's worth jumping down to the World Economic Forum, to the supervillains uh, there. I, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a casting. This is like a casting call for a Bond movie villain. And they're doing just such an incredible job. Like, bravo, everyone. James Bond is getting a reboot, and they're trying to find new villains for him to fight. James Bond is the oldest, longest-standing cinematic superhero who exists in, 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 in theaters, taking many forms. Daniel Craig is no longer James Bond. They're going to reboot the whole thing, and they need new villains. And all they need to do is look just into this little town in Switzerland called Davos to find guys who want to... <laughs> We will master the future. We look forward to mastering the future. As they pet their hairless cats. Take it away, Klaus. We couldn't meet at a more challenging time. We are confronted with so many crises simultaneously. What does it need to master the future? I think to have a platform where all stakeholders of global society are engaged. Governments, business, civil societies, the young generation, and I could go on, I think is a first step to meet all the challenges. <laughs> Not <of> the future. <laughs> Klaus Schwab, what's your history, pal? Where you come from? How you got so much power and control. How many have so much money? A little bit of a look into Klaus Schwab is what we're going to be uh, uh, revealing soon. We're making a little documentary about where Klaus Schwab comes from. But the TLDR version of Klaus Schwab's history is that, um, as always, Nazi. I mean, maybe not himself, but his father worked directly with the Nazi party. Klaus Schwab was born in Switzerland, then they immigrated into Weimar, Germany, Third Reich, Germany, and then his dad built flamethrowers in a manufacturing factory. He owned the factory and then used it in order to aid the German war effort in World War II. These are facts. Did you know this? Do you know that Klaus Schwab created the flamethrowers for the Weimar, for the, for the Nazi soldiers to use against Americans? Hmm. Maybe he should be held accountable for that. I mean, I'm not into blood libel here, but that's actually where he grew up. Klaus Schwab's 85. That's like what he grew up. He was around to remember that. 
I mean, you know, in case in case you need a new Bond villain, right? Klaus Schwab, the Metaverse Village will be where you live. Ha 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 ha. Take it away. Hello, a question to Mr. Schwab. I think the Metaverse is a great tool to reinvent the way we work. But in general, my question is, in the moment, we see a quite a big decline in trust in political institutions and also in their representatives worldwide. And a meeting here in Davos, at what extent do you think this can strengthen to try, build this trust again? I, I would refer afterwards uh, also to Brad Smith. I think what is essential is to make sure that um, the system as such, uh, the technology, uh, can be trusted. And um, um, one of the on one of the village partners, for example, is Interpol. So we work together already um, with the necessary instances to make sure that the system is as safe as it can as it. So the fusion, what he's talking about Interpol there is the fusion of law enforcement, federal law enforcement, in the operations of oppressing you. Now, our FBI director, FBI Director Ray, was actually at the World Economic Forum and was saying the exact same thing. This is after the Twitter files dropped, proving that the FBI was essentially running Twitter as an operation, a fake public company. Twitter was being used as an op by the FBI in order to persecute people censor their free speech, and in order to create consensus narratives. Here is the FBI director, Christopher Ray, who, who why the hell is he at the World Economic Forum? What, is, what does our FBI director have anything to do with the world economy? Well, he, he here's exactly what he has. He's, they're bragging about it. This is, what's it called when the evil villain stop? Like, they could have just won, but instead they stopped to give a monologue, right? They monologue. That's like a monologue, the evil monologue, the evil dark monologue. They don't have to monologue. They could have just, you know, you could kill the superhero or you could blow up the world. But instead of just punching the button, they stop and give an evil monologue. Here's Christopher Ray's evil monologue bragging about using Twitter.com as a private sector tool to engage in unconstitutional activity vis-a-vis uh, -vis the FBI. And I think the uh, the sophistication of the private sector is is improving, and and particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has I think uh, made significant strides. Pretty much every technology we could talk about today, uh, we see both great opportunity, but great great dangers uh, in the wrong hand. Oh, great. Hmm. Yes, we really enjoy our private partnerships with places like Twitter, where we pay them millions and millions of dollars to censor Americans. Totally unconstitutional. Impeach that man. GOP House. Impeach that man. Go. Take him out of that. I mean, this guy is this. This is the, this is the guy who oversaw it. The reason why we can call it a coup is because it was that same FBI director that was signing off on censoring Donald Trump. Donald Trump was that guy's boss. Trump advocated for Christopher Ray's appointment. And Christopher Ray is then signing off on the, not only the censorship of the Hunter Biden letter, but then the censorship of his own president. Again, blatantly and fundamentally unconstitutional and evil, actually. Along with John Kerry uh, comes a lot of alien looking things. John Kerry doesn't look human. He's more machine than man now, as they would say. 
Uh, in Star Wars, John Kerry has a plastic face. He has a plastic soul. Uh, he is a plastic person. Uh, does he have reptilian skin underneath his human exoskeleton? We don't know. We'd like to ask in person. Uh, John Kerry was straight up bragging about being an extraterrestrial at the World Economic Forum to a, to a group of other lizard people. Watch. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree hugging lefty liberal, you know, do good or whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. Really? How broken are these people? The most broken people on planet Earth are the ones who got beat uh, for president by George W. Bush. These people never recovered. Al Gore bloviating, having a, a like a like an aneurysm on stage, like a true like mental breakdown on stage. It was like it was deeply, deeply pathetic. And, 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 and this man needs to see a therapist like immediately. Uh, this this man needs to find Jesus. Like, what, like uh, what, uh, you know, what, watch this climate criminal, John Kerry, uh, do his best job of putting hot air carbon into the world by breathing it out of his mouth. We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? So these people are actors. Their play is the creation of a chicken little dynamic. And this is how it works. Uh, they play chicken little. The sky is falling. There is an emergency. And the only way to stop the emergency is to give us all of your rights to give us all of your economic viability, to give us control of your central banking, to give us control of your autonomy, your your body, as it were, right? You, you saw this. Give me your bodily autonomy for security and access to society. <laughs> this is the game. It's always been the game. Panic, fear, terror, you know, imagined in Al Gore's case, and then give me all of your money. And Al Gore has made $300 million. Al Gore left. He comes from a very rich family. Al Gore left office in the year 2000. His net worth was $1 million. Al Gore's net worth now is $300 million. Um, hmm. That's curious. Where's that come from? Well, it comes from Al Gore shaking down various industries and corporations with his nonprofit saying he's going to go after them if they don't pay him. Al Sharpton, 
move. Al talked with Al. Al Sharpton told Al Gore the way to do it. And this is what Al Gore does now. He has a climate Gestapo, climate criminal operation. And that's what he does. By the way, Al Gore owns multiple mansions. Has them in California, has them in Tennessee. These mansions use thousands of percentage more kilowatts of electricity than the average American household. Al Gore himself flies private. These people are such jackals. And they're vultures. And they want a singular thing, and that is obviously to be gods of this world, to be in charge. They, they, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in a God. They don't believe in a higher power. They believe that they are the higher power. That is why they think they can control the weather. If they tax you enough. Tax you enough and they can stop the sun from being hot. As Andrew Tate would say. Give me all your money and we'll keep the sun from being hot. This is the way of these people. It comes, it comes from a very dark place. Let's just say it comes from a very, very dark place. And these people believe that they are they exist because their mission is pure and unadulterated control over you. Uh, they believe that they, they can do anything and there will be no consequences as they pursue that mission because they themselves are the highest authority. There is no God. There is no creator. They themselves are the highest authority on this earth. And the pursuit of that mission is so pure that they can break the laws. It doesn't matter. They can end morality itself because they are the morality. I am the king. I am the divine right to rule, as these people would say. As, of course, they uh, refuse to acknowledge any god or creator, and they themselves believe that they are in charge of the world. And that they can control the world's weather. And so that, that is the predominance of their thinking. That is how it works for them. And it's nice to see that checked every once in a while. We have that checked here in Florida. In fact, in the town where we are broadcasting this show from right now, where Benny Studios are, in Tampa. So Ron DeSantis just had a massive victory as we started the show. Ron DeSantis is somebody who body-checked one of these George Soros attorneys who refused to practice the laws of the state. And I guess we'll take small victories where we can get them. Uh, there's an attorney, a DA, these people get funded by George Soros to come in and break laws and then to push this type of Marxist extremism on all of us to let criminals out of jail, to push critical race theory, to push radical gender ideology, to push, just call it what it is, Marxism on you. And they do so through force of law. And a judge just found that DeSantis, who kicked this guy out on his ass, is completely right. Months after Florida governor shocked the Tampa Bay region with his decision to suspend Andrew Warren from office, a federal judge ultimately dismissed the Hillsborough state attorney's lawsuit against DeSantis, saying that it's a state matter. In the filing, Judge Robert Hinkle pointed out that DeSantis, vi uh, that DeSantis violated his First Amendment by considering Mr. Warren's speech on matters public opinion. He added that while the uh, suspension did violate the Florida Constitution. The case isn't under his his jurisdiction. The judge cites the 11th Amendment as his reason for dismissing the lawsuit in court. Warren has options for his next move. He can file a lawsuit in state court. 
The suspension also violated the Florida Constitution. Violation did affect the outcome, but the 11th Amendment prohibits federal court from awarding declaratory or injunctive relief in this kind of issue. Mr. Warren's claims against Mr. DeSantis arising under federal law are dismissed on the merits with prejudice. So that's a lot of that's a lot of legalese to say this guy has no case. And that, yes, these district attorneys actually act under the guidance of the state. Florida is a right wing state, a super swinging right wing state. And that this guy and his uh, George Soros funded election who is acting as an agent of chaos and horror and Marxism in my hometown of Tampa, that Ron DeSantis dispatching this guy summarily is actually totally legal and it's beautiful. And there's a kind of power that we need, ladies and gentlemen. These are the kind of fights that we have, ladies and gentlemen. And these are why we need to exert all of our energy towards these fights. There's been a lot of drama in the conservative media ecosystem this week. There's been a considerable amount of fighting. We don't like it. We'll say it up front. We don't like it. We like certain fights. There are certain fights that create the type of vectors and the type of movement that we need. And we must have direct focus on the enemy. Now, we have a lot of friends, small group of people, small group of individuals, creators and influencers of the right. It's a uh, not not a fun group of people to be a part of. You get, I mean, you get wrecked. You get Media Matters articles written about you. You get your Twitter DMs are just like, go kill yourself, the entire thing, you know, day and night. You have people like harassing your family, sending you mean, mean stuff to your wife and kids. As soon as we moved to Tampa, the Tampa Bay Times published our address, doxed my family. That's That was our welcome to Tampa Bay, is the corporate scum. And it is so much a multi-front war right now. Uh, there's some old Marine captain who has this famous line about being surrounded. I think it was during, um, you know, fighting in, in either World War II or Vietnam. He's like, well, if we're surrounded, it makes it easy because the enemy's on all sides. And so now we can just fight in every direction, right? And that's what it feels like being a conservative right now. You have to fight in every direction. And so we encourage everyone to not get black-pilled, please, Eyes on the prize. Energy. It takes energy to fight. Armies with no energy cannot fight. Armies with no energy get run through. And so let us expend our energies on the correct fights. On the pursuit of the ideals like God, family, country uh, that we charge for every single day on the show. You must have energy. So spend our energy on wise fights. We are very, very proud on this show uh, to have that clarity, and we will keep that clarity. We promise you. We will stay grounded. If there's one thing that keeps us grounded, it is understanding uh, the, the, the spiritual realm in all of this. We started the show with the March for Life, and of course, we end all of our shows with a Bible verse. Our Bible verse today is from the Sweet Psalms, and it goes like this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Rod and staff, a reference to the shepherd and a shepherd who guides us all. The true shepherd, God, the creator, he is the shepherd. 
and he's guiding us. It may seem dark. There are scary wolves out there. There are people who could hurt us and attack us. And we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are amongst the shadow of death on this earth at all times. But we have a shepherd who is watching us and protecting us. Watching over us and it gives us peace and calm in these times and clarity as to what the true fight is. Because we do walk through a valley of the shadow of death. And as we look at the World Economic Forum, and as we look at these monsters who wish to control us and destroy us, uh, it does get scary. There are a lot of wolves out there, maybe more than ever. Who knows? But, uh, you know, evil, evil, evil doesn't really change its form. We, you know, they're doing the same thing to Biden as they're doing. They did the Nixon, they did the Trump. The evil doesn't change its form. It's not really creative. Creativity comes from a creator. Evil doesn't do that. But we have protection because these people are not actually in charge. They may fancy themselves gods and kings of this earth. Al Gore may blow V8 and blow hot air and tell you that he can control the weather. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one ruler of the earth and there's only one true king. And so we like to stay grounded in that. And God asks us to fight. Christ himself was a was a fighter. Maybe I'll get in trouble for saying that. I don't pretend to be some type of biblical scholar. But Christ himself had things that he challenged, power that he challenged on this earth. And physical acts that he undertook on this earth to push back on evil and the institutions of evil on this planet. And so we do that on this show. And we are laser focused on that. And we will not be driven aside by any extra drama. We want people, we want to live in harmony and peace with everyone in this movement. We respect other creators who stick their neck out there and who are part of this movement, and we respect you ultimately. You, the audience, is why we show up, not some corporation, not some paycheck, um, and certainly not for extra notoriety. <laughs> Sometimes that sucks. We do it because you deserve a voice, and so we show up every single day for you, and we will continue to do that, and we're going to have a wild ride, so buckle up in 2023 and 2024. We'll be there for you. Please keep showing up for us. And we say thank you. Thank you for another incredible record-setting week on The Benny Show. God, family, country. Nothing better than that, baby. So go into your weekend uplifted, be happy, and be thankful. We certainly are for this community. Let's keep growing it. we got a lot of work to do. It's going to be great. Again, God bless you in this wonderful weekend. Enjoy it. Spend time with your family, loved ones. We'll be here for you on Monday. My name is Benny Johnson. This has been The Benny Show. See ya!